0: Thanks for tuning in to episode thirty of the Rodeo Wagon podcast featuring Jimmy Elcock. This podcast is brought to you by Western Edge App and produced by Cosmic Cowboys Productions.
1: What's up, Kyle? You got me there, buddy. I'm yeah, how's, you, Jimmy? how's it going, pal? Good.
0: Nice seeing you.
1: You.
0: you too, man. Nice to nice to, yeah. Eat yeah. With you. Yeah, to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anyway. Yeah, you know it's crazy, like how many people that you're kind of correct connected to indirectly you know just in like places you've been and stuff I was just like looking through and like you freaking were in the uh the thunder days
1: yeah yeah well yeah I played I we had a show near somewhat nearby and uh you know this is all stuff we can get into but I've, I've always had a passion to be involved in the western world and in western sports uh but music lovingly so has kind of almost been a little bit of a barrier to entry because just like anything in rodeo it, it kind of can has to consume you for you to get it to a certain yeah tier
0: it, tell everybody a little bit about i guess what you what you do
1: yeah so and and we're just to clarify how we're already we're rolling we're good yeah we're
0: good yeah okay it, great just so you know none of this like i don't one of the things i've made it a point to do with my podcast is completely conversational nothing's prepped or planned yeah, unless there's a specific question i have you know it's just yeah.
1: Yeah, just roll and go. I'm fine with that. So, yeah, well, you can steer me whatever way you like. But for those of you who don't know me, uh, most people who don't know me, most people don't know me. Uh, I'm Jimmy Elcock. I'm a professional drummer and music director. I work primarily in commercial country music. Um, For those of you who keep up with contemporary music, it's not always like being in a band the way the Rolling Stones were. Uh, A lot of times in commercial music, you have an artist and they hire side men and uh that's what i am i'm I'm sort of a drummer for hire band leader for hire and i've made my career coming up through it all <clears throat> uh working for different artists uh and and that's kind of what i that consumes most of my days <laughs>
0: so, how often do you stick with one artist versus you know actually getting hired for a gig or whatever
1: so um it depends. The idea, every artist you sort of play with, I think the idea is longevity. You're always sort of shooting to stay with them as long as you can. It, you know, uh, music's fickle. Music's fickle, and it's not necessarily based on skill or talent. A lot of it is just timing and how cards fall. And so as a, as an artist, as you come up in it as kind of a starving artist, you're always just sort of in survival mode. So I think you're always shooting for longevity. Or maybe the better word would be consistency. You're shooting for consistency in a world that's very inconsistent. Um, But at the same time, you know, right now, like I have a a full-time salary job. I'm fortunate enough to play for Mitchell Tenpenny right now. And I hope I'm there forever. I hope that lasts forever. Um, But at the same time, if I have freedom in my schedule, I'm able to go play for other acts too. So you do take gigs knowing I might be filling in for a weekend. I might be filling in for a tour. Uh, whatever it is so i get to kind of piece it together as long as for me in my situation i'm always there when mitchell needs me
0: yeah i wonder if it's similar to like a golf <laughs> caddy would be where you know a golf caddy may tour with a specific guy but you know maybe through the break in the schedule that's yeah, intriguing I how that kind of works i've so got, pretty- you
1: know the sports analogies are good i've learned whether it's rodeo, <laughs> whether it's baseball you know there's a lot more in common with professional touring in music than it's of my
0: Thank it's you. the way my brain just works and the travel part of it and all of that, like your contract. I mean, it's similar like the PBR. I was like, okay, so there, you know, you have, if you're on the UTB, you're required to go to so many events and you're not allowed to go to a, a event competing against it. Like, so you can't go, if there's a UTB that weekend, you can't just go to a pro rodeo and right. skip. And be- However, if there's no event that weekend, you can go wherever you want. You know, you can basically just as a contractor you know yeah
1: so it's it's definitely the same in, in that regard i can really a lot to it through that especially the travel i mean you're just you, constantly traveling
0: have you been around like the rodeo scene like a lot or what did that look like as far as yeah you know, music i can give you,
1: you know? it's kind of a long story and i got i got a lot of layers to it so i'll try to give you a somewhat abbreviated version I uh, I'm I, I'm live in Texas now, but I'm not originally from Texas. I have family here, but but not originally from here. I grew up in the Northeast. I was originally from about 30 miles west of Boston, and then my family had has a uh, a big rural property up in uh, northern North Central New Hampshire. <clears throat> and the reason that was kind of funny was because when a lot of people think of the Northeast, they probably think of New York City or Boston and just this giant urban metroplex and that's all there is, and probably yourself you've traveled enough to know it's it's not only that you have your city centers, but then you have beautiful countryside and mountains and ocean, and the
0: majority of it's probably that to be honest,
1: yeah, yeah, and it's and it, but maybe more importantly or not more importantly, but it's but it's culturally different, like in such a short the states are so small and in such a small space compared to anything here out west, you just have such a different culture shift kind of in that small geographical region. So I grew up kind of a funny kid in that I was going to middle school and high school, you know, in a suburb of Boston where it, it's not downtown at all. It's kind of a it's a suburb, but it's a, a kind of a rural feeling suburb. Um, it Looks like the Patriot. It's like stone walls and 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 all that beautiful New England kind of architecture, sure. all of that. But then uh, the family property was originally a hunting camp. Uh, that they acquired in the late 1800s, or early 1900s, and then ran it as that, ran it as a summer camp to follow, uh, because I had uh, relatives that were school teachers and, and whatnot, and they realized they could kind of run this thing year round and make money over summer breaks.
0: Sure.
1: But what that gave me growing up kind of in both places, I kind of helped, you were sort of a property manager, property caretaker with <laughs> my dad up there, and, and all my friends up there, it was Culturally, so different, and and that's where I got exposed to horses and 4-H, and I got exposed to whatever was FFA at the time, and 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 all of that. And I grew up loving to shoot. I wanted to fish. I wanted to be outside. I wanted to hike. I wanted to camp. I just wanted to be kind of an outdoor kid in the dirt. Uh, I loved my sister. uh, Loved riding horses. I did as well. Um, She always probably had a leg up on me, but. I I picked that up as well and and really fell into that as a, as kind of a secondary hobby and passion to my music. Music was kind of always something I was naturally gifted at, at the same time, but my parents were great enough to support me in that and uh, pursued it myself and then pursued it through lessons. So I kind of had these two things running parallel. And then I knew that um, I had these two passions sort of, but over here in this outdoor Western horse, like I wasn't a cowboy, like I, I don't ever want to call myself a cowboy, but I knew that I was passionate about all of that. Yeah. And somewhere um, when I was 12 or 13, my family, uh, my mom's family is still out West in Colorado and kind of spread all over. But my family took a trip to Triangle C Ranch out in Dubois, Wyoming. And we had, I'd been out West kind of visiting family my whole life. And I kind of knew that this bigger culture and lifestyle surrounded it all out there. And I never had a way to really access that in New England. The <laughs> way I wanted to. Sure. But I ended up 12 or 13 at Triangle Sea Ranch. And I sort of befriended uh, the Garnet boys that the family owned it at the time. And some of the Wrangler friends there. And I, it, it just was kind of a, it was a moment that changed my life. It sort of painted. I realized all of a sudden that, wait, there's this ranching, lifestyle that people grow up in where they practice these skills and there's horsemanship and there's trips and there's ranch rodeos and there's professional rodeos. And it just sort of, I lost my mind. And then all of a sudden bring in country music and it all made sense. And it just sort of kind of gave gave this sort of uh, life or like this, you can do this (laughs) aspect to my other passion, which was all this, it kind of gave me a a place to pull it, pull it all together. But what ended up happening was, as much as music was always still a love, I left that ranch and came back to New England and kind of felt like, well, what do I what do I do now? And so, I, that's where I started, you know, trying to pursue. I worked at different, you know, boarding facilities, uh, riding lessons. I ran as many gymkhana's as I could. I had a couple of great mentors that. Had moved from out west back east, and I learned a little bit of team roping and I was terrible at it all, you know but i uh but I loved it and I just ate it up and continued to eat it up and I've just sort of tried to eke as much information and knowledge out of all that as I could, and uh that's always sort of continued alongside my music, even though I've really made you know music my full
0: time career It's fascinating too, you put it into that you know, context, because the the Western culture, especially when you get, you know, into, you know, if you actually get into Texas and, and Wyoming and those cowboy cultures, it's so much different. Even like me from Missouri, you know, horsemen or the cowboy culture, if you want to call it Missouri, it's not it's not real, authentic cowboy like you think of, you know, Texas, West Texas, um, you know, Montana, um some of those places and i just did a you know you're wearing that rodeo time time hat uh jordan halverson i did a podcast with her and she was Perfect. talking about that from she gave me this. thank you jordan oh <laughs> nice she was talking about <laughs> going from north carolina you know and and then going out to yeah. texas and like the culture you know the, the the culture and the tradition that's deeply rooted within that culture you know when they do those you know cattle drives and and the brandings and you know that's a whole different world from what you would see in the east coast which is going to be probably tons of cultures you know because historically that's a trading route you know and so you know the the east coast has seen probably who knows how many different cultures come through there you know right so and that's
1: something i certainly was this is skunk by the way my lovely (laughs) uh rescued her. But um no, it's it's something you you're absolutely right. And uh uh Jordan and I actually spoke a little bit about that. And it's 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 very true. Uh and I do want to say I always had a reverence for for what that is. I never want to come across as someone who claimed that I came up in that or that I'm somehow as familiar with other people. I just I really have always respected it. And and what's fun for me is that. Now living, and I can get into kind of how this transpired. But now living in Texas and and being able to be exposed to a lot more and to learn a lot more, uh, even though I have this full blown other career, uh, it's really just been able to afford me kind of a freedom in exploring it because I don't have something I'm trying to prove. I, I'm not a, a fifth generation cowboy. I'm not anything like that. And uh, it's just something I've always had a pure interest in and a pure passion about. And it's kind of just afforded me this. I apologize Afforded me this freedom uh, to always kind of go after it and, and pursue of as much or as little
0: of it as yeah. I want to. I, I mean, I'm in the same boat in a lot of ways. Like, you know, I grew up the, being a horseman and stuff with part of it. But that whole cowboy culture is something that's still it's still foreign to me. And and the bull riding, you know, you know, the bull riding's <laughs> but the cat, my cat's on my van right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't we didn't play enough today so that's clearly I, my i looked my, over my... there
0: he's on the windshield um <laughs> but the bull riding has given me an opportunity to to dive into that while also doing what i love it which is competing so sure. like i've learned more about the cowboy culture and been introduced to a lot more through bull riding and getting to you know travel but even like horsemanship in missouri it's not cowboy like uh, out in texas right. you know it. it it depends on how you're defining cowboy. Yes, but traditionally, sure. a real cowboy culture, which the entire culture is built upon, cowboying, that's a different sure. culture than like, hey, you know, Missouri culture is a bunch of rednecks, work ethic, blue collar. We have horses because you know that's fun. <laughs> right.
1: There's a lot of ways to ride a horse. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and and accomplish ranching. You know activities and whatnot everyone's got different methods but but you certainly you're right that what you see out west and the longevity of these ranches here in texas or the ranches i saw in wyoming i mean it's just it's part of our country's fabric it's part of our country's dna uh but i also something i love about it is just you know the i think the respect it it breeds and the lifestyle it breeds and, and what it does about preserving values and traditions and not to get all hokey about it but I, but I mean I think that stuff matters especially in a world today that moves so quick and I've always tried to take the best parts I've seen in that cowboy culture and I've begun to be exposed to in the cowboy culture and try to bring that to my life in the ways that it's appropriate um, And and I just it's something I always want to have respect for and continue to learn about. Yeah. When we uh, uh kind of follow up on your initial comment about all the people I'm loosely connected with, I, I think I've gotten it from different people in the PBR or around Western sports, kind of like, who is this guy that always seems to be popping <laughs> up and around and wearing a hat or not wearing a hat, but then he's drumming. Like what's, what's like, what, what's the deal here? What's the deal here? And so at best as best as I can introduce myself or explain to anybody, I had moved a little bit more on the music side of things. Um. I had moved to Nashville. I guess I should back up. I left New England and I did go to college. I went to college at Loyola University, New Orleans, okay. which was interesting. <clears throat> I uh, I went to school there for music performance and music. Business. From middle school, like I was telling you about, I'm so ADD, I, I jump around too much. <laughs> but middle school, I, I was basically going to school an extra day a week at a conservatory. I would drive all the way into Boston and I would take courses that were giving me college credit as a performance major sure. so at a young age I was fortunate I, I got into this program and it and it taught me an awful lot uh, on the formal side of music and it's intense it's kind of like if you ever see the movie Whiplash it's not as intense as, as the movie is but <laughs> it's music in a different way because you're learning you're kind of with you all of a sudden go from being kind of the if I'm so bold maybe the big fish in the small pond with your buddies in, in your school or whatnot and then all of a sudden, all the, all the big fish are in one spot. Yeah. Uh, and so you realize, oh, man, I have a lot to learn. You kind of feel competitive all of a sudden. There's juries at the end of it. It's pretty in- intensive stuff. Flash forward, college was great. But by the time I got to college, I felt almost a little bit burned out on music. I'd been doing it so intensely for so long, playing piano, trumpet, drums, a little guitar, all this stuff learning all your theory and your ear training, I kind of got to college and went, I still just want to be kind of a college kid and figure out life. I moved so far away from home. I'm in Louisiana. I was excited because now I know what's around. There's a little bit more access to, you know, (laughs) rodeos and all this stuff around me, even though I was in New Orleans. And so ironically, my first few years,
0: I bet you ate some of that.
1: That's a whole other podcast, man. And that's still bring Boudin back every time I'm down there. I I wish,
0: I wish there was more. I wish, I wish Rodeo took me to Louisiana more.
1: (laughs) Sure. I feel like, yeah, I mean, just
0: just for the food. If it, I
1: like Charles, yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. I'll have to get some sometime for sure. But speaking of that region, I I realized that there were touring pros and challenger events and all this stuff going on down there. And I've always kind of been. I'm not very bashful. So I I don't mind just inserting myself into a situation and saying, hey, I know nothing and I want to learn. And so I actually said, you know what? Let me pause this music stuff for a second. I almost became a little disinterested, which almost I never meant it in a negative way. But I said, you know, forget the gigs for now. I'm going to just drive to these events. And I would kind of throw on my hat and I'd go in there and I would just I realized, huh, unlike music, there's not a lot of security if you show up at these events when you get there kind of earlier in the morning and so the stock contractors are pulling up Mm -hmm. and i'd kind of just be hanging around and i'd introduce myself and then i'd went i'd volunteer to lend a hand say you know i'm not claiming to know anything but i'll help you out and so i ended up kind of no one i don't think knew really where i came from but these stock contractors started to i was a little bit familiar and i used to show up at the events and help i'd you know like help sort some of the bulls i'd Learn how to flank some bulls, like I was in there, I had no business I had no business being in there, and no credentials, but ended up the and shoots and and I was a kid in the candy shop i, mean, <laughs> yeah, I <bet. laughs> lost my mind over it, and so that's that's where and i had become i really was a fan of the p b r you know i i love the n f r too p r c a everything right. but uh I really became a fan of the p b r back in middle school middle school after I left Wyoming, I just realized that there was something I could kind of follow. That gave me a taste of this all the time, even if I was stuck in New England, and well, I didn't know enough to get to Canada or the regional circuits. You know,
0: probably too. Like you know, you, talking about cultures, well, they're the big difference between the rodeo culture and bull riding culture. Bull riding culture. And that bull riding culture is going to be more similar to what you're used to with your bands. So exactly. if you, if you like if you enjoy that, then yep. bull riding for sure. Even me, and this this is just different. Some people they like an old school, and there's some. Venues out there and competitions that are like, you know, really old school and traditional. And I love those events. But for me, I love a, you know, loud, you know, almost like one of those stadiums where it's not very wide. It's just very tall and compact and, you know. Like I like the atmosphere better, but they're sure. surprised that like more of a rodeo where it's you know laid back slow, guys are drinking beer the entire perf <laughs> right.
1: the more no i like I like the you show know? I like moments ahead, yeah. it's yeah. fun, and that's probably why I've always loved rough stock so much in general
0: in general but yeah the PBR,
1: but the p b r did yeah, it did feed that beast for me, so to speak, and uh that's why I sought it out once I got to college, and I kind of wanted to figure out what I could do in this um. But I did eventually smarten up and realize that I was way too late to start riding bulls or do anything like that. I mean, I, have I sat on them? Yeah. But have yeah. I written? Um, So it's uh, it was interesting. And unfortunately, you know, at this point, I got to watch, got to watch, you know, the digits. But uh, <laughs> the job going. But um, it's certainly that's kind of how how I got to my passion for all of it and moved to Nashville after I graduated school. Started my professional career. We can get into any of that if you'd like to. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I'd love to talk um, about, you know, kind of your music. And obviously, you love it. So.
1: Yeah. And obviously, you know, you
0: need to talk about. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's something it was that thing, like I said, alongside everything Western and rodeo. It was something I w- was good at. Yeah. Um, and it's something I pursued and and I loved it. I, I think ironically, I got a little taste, a little bit of competing I did in the in the horse world and whatnot. I kind of got a taste for the road in the sense of traveling and kind of there being a a community and a culture and an ecosystem around that, kind of like the same people showing up in a different place all the time. And you kind of have your family and that culture that moves with you. Yep. Um, That's unique. That's
0: not, I don't think that's, that's not every, you know, body that even travels. So that is something that's interesting because that's unique to bull riding too. Sure. People, it's not a different person every weekend.
1: Sure. But uh, yeah, so I I loved it. I loved the trailers, parking the tailgate, so to speak. Like, I I love that. And so when I finished college and I moved, I moved to Nashville because the whole time I was in college and when I smartened up and refocused on my music, I was trying to think of, okay, I like traveling. I've always had that wanderlust, that adventure. Let's see the world. Let's get out. Let's just life's too short. (laughs) <laughs> so I knew that I didn't want to just be a, a studio musician or someone who was stuck playing in one city or in one bar as much as I would take anything I could get I knew that the long term goal was to be touring in music. Yeah. But I was thinking to myself, you know, when you're studying music like that. Uh, you're studying so many styles of music so. It doesn't matter what you like or what you're putting on in the truck at the end of the day. You're going to study jazz and you're going to study blues and bossa novas and Latin music and West African music and rock and pop and reggae and all this stuff.
0: Let me ask you a question. Is that yeah. is that normal? So most people, when they think of, OK, country artists, you know, I don't know how many times I've really thought about like, okay, so this these people you know that are heavily in the music industry, like how well versed are they in different styles and cultures of music? So, is it normal for people to be? It is, is the I whole it's was... the whole department of putting people in categories, labeling people in categories. Is that more of a facade that's seen but not really there, versus like when you get down to musicians being musicians? And I, I would say uh, it's
1: it's a multi multi-layered answer. The easy answer is yes, it's kind of it's somewhat of a facade, but it's not a facade in a disingenuous way. And what I mean by right. it is this. What I mean by it is this. Uh, again, I, I mentioned earlier me being a sideman as opposed to a full fledged band member. Here's the difference and here's why it matters. And this will answer your question, I think. If I am Keith Richards in the Rolling Stones, I, you know, I met Mick Jagger when I was in whatever, you know, they were in high school together or what whatnot. And they kind of put the band together and they're messy and maybe they play with some other friends in different bands. But these guys come up in a garage. They both agree. Hey, we love the blues. We love R&B. We love like rock and roll. Let's do this. And they kind of piece together the Rolling Stones and it takes on its own life. And that band grows and it becomes one of the biggest bands in the world. Or maybe it you know, could have failed in a different situation. But they're a band, right? They they didn't have anything else going. It kind of didn't matter. Keith was the guy that had the guitars at the time. Mick was going to be the front man. You know, Charlie's going to hit the drums. And that's just kind of how it happens. That's kind of how it happens. Huh. You can get away with just playing what you're passionate about and what you like. Yeah, It, it certainly would help him as a musician if he knew all those styles. And I'm not saying he doesn't, but but, but, but he sure. he had to do just that. If you're me, if you say, OK, I'm not and I played in bands plenty, but I'm not necessarily in a band. I'm not going to have the same slice of the financial pie as like the Rolling Stones would, where they just take it and divide it five ways and, yeah. you know, management gets their whatever, and they go away. If I'm going to be playing for an artist. I win and lose. I don't get the same piece of the pie, but if that artist's career starts to not go so great. I can kind of, in, in a you know, courteous way, I can get out of that and still have a career with a different act. Yeah. So the grass is always greener and there's pluses and minuses to different things. But to, to actually answer your question, what that meant for me is I can't just know what I like because when I'm trying to make a break, for catch a break and, and build my reputation, my playing reputation, my personal reputation, my name, I need to be able to say yes to pretty much anything that's going to come my way. Yeah, the so one day I could be playing for a female singer, songwriter, where I have to be able to pull off the best Linda Ronstadt, Stevie Nicks brushes, (laughs) light touch, soft rock feel. But then the next day I might be hired by Mitchell Tenpenny, who grew up in the like hardcore scene and was a screamer and a drummer. And he wants like the (laughs) double (laughs) kick and ( crusnasATION] like (laughs) the intense stuff. And I have (fare) to be able to wear both hats. Back to back. (laughs) So if I don't. So when you're when you see commercial music, whether you're going to a Dua Lupa show or you're going to see Jason Aldean or you're going to see, you know, Luke Combs, those guys on stage, they're not there. I mean, you can't play music you don't enjoy. You have to find I truly believe that you have to be able to find something that you enjoy about the music or the music as a whole to be able to execute it authentically. Right. but they had to know different styles to get enough calls and enough people saying hey I want you to play for me to be able to do that
0: sure. so, so that's
1: kind of how it worked yeah and I, I just happened to be the guy that also loved all this stuff on you know in the western sports world and, and rodeo world and I was kind of a country kid and, and uh, so as I'm thinking do I go to LA go to New York I'm like the whole time I'm it's right in front of my face. Why don't you just play <laughs> country music and move to Nashville? So, Nashville. Yeah. So so I did and uh and and I, you know, started to catch my breaks from there. Jason Aldean's band, they had a little production company at the time who was producing uh Thompson Square and some different artists and uh Rich, Jason's drummer took me under his wing and as he's done for many people, but was extremely motivating to me and encouraging and Gave me every tool I could possibly have needed for success and helped me grow with it. So those guys were kind of the the catalyst in me moving to town. But once I got there, I grounded out with so many different artists, uh, uh, some guys that have become great writers today. Some people you would never know. Um, my first real consistent gig was actually uh, Jamie Lynn Spears, Britney Spears' sister. Uh, yeah. She she had been writing in Nashville for a while and uh, decided to kind of make a go as an artist as well. And she put her faith in me and I put her band together and I had great years touring with her. And I know, uh, you know, there's a lot surrounding that family, but I have nothing but great things to say about them. And they were so kind to me and that, that really sort of, I looked as, that was my first real professional in the spotlight gig. We were thrown into a lot fast, especially with, her last name there was just a different attention sure. on that gig right. way earlier than a lot of artists would ever have that type of attention it's so that was interesting but from there i continued to play with more and more acts and piece together my journey and and kind of
0: it's fascinating how that works like you know even in the board writing, like i can remember a time when i was kind of like at the beginning stages of like it's almost again you know going back to to cultures and all of these different like like getting into that culture where it's like now, like it's just a part of me and all of my buddies and like, I'm in the middle of it and all of it's connected. Whereas at the beginning when you're kind of entering into it, especially you got to think, you know, in sports, you know, the good analogy, like all of these sports have different levels and each level is going to have its own, you know, culture that you kind of have to, you know, be, get into. Does that make sense? Uh Oh, I think we're,
1: There we go. Got
0: you. Yeah. Where did I leave you at? What what was it? You you were just talking
1: about that with your other bull riders like. uh... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like you get into, you know, the the entry point into like a different level, like as a professional, you know, in any industry, like, you know, as you transition into, especially when you get into like what you're talking about, you're getting into a whole different level of music and that whole culture that's around it. And you start networking with people. But it seems like once you get there. There is so much and it, it draws so much focus that you don't really like think about it while it's happening. It's just cause it's it takes so much focus to be successful. And then next thing you know, you're in it for five years and you're like, Oh wow, you know.
1: <laughs> Trial by fire. Trial by fire. Yeah. And and that's that's how music was. It really and again, it's kind of the person I am. I'm kind of an all or nothing guy anyway. I'm gonna give something my all sure. and have the blinders on everything else, maybe uh but i did i i had nothing could have taken me away from that goal and and i did i i just tried to be so intentional about everything i did in making that career happen and and find you know as much consistency or as much work as i could in it and uh you know and i've been very fortunate you know in the time i've been doing it to have some great success I, but
0: i think that is the recipe to success you know when people talk about you know especially now I'm a father, you know I got two kids, and I think about like how am I going to kind of teach them but one thing that you know I've learned from my own career, but also from looking at other people's careers is you know find something that you're passionate about, yes, but find something that you are passionate about and you're good at, and you're sure. good at it and you can make money doing it and feed that, okay, and yeah. then you'll have other passions that you can feed for hobbies, you, you know, you can do that, feed those, but find something you're good at, find out how you can, you know, maybe monetize it and be super focused on that one thing. What's up everybody. I'm thrilled to announce a fantastic partnership between the Rodeo Wagon podcast and Rodeo Life official. Rodeo Life isn't just a coffee brand. It's a veteran owned business that epitomizes the principles of hard work, dedication and perseverance in all their products. As an avid consumer of Rodeo Life Coffee, I am proud to align myself with a company that mirrors my values and resonates with our audience. Supporting this veteran-owned business is not only a testament to our shared ethos, but also a way to give back to those who have served our country. This partnership promises exciting content, collaborations, and surprises for all our listeners and the rodeo community. You can anticipate special episodes featuring the Rodeo Life experts, and even a chance to win some Rodeo Life merchandise. We look forward to this journey with Rodeo Life and the enriching experience it will bring our audience. Join us as we venture into this partnership, fueled by a passion for rodeo and a great cup of Rodeo Life coffee. Stay tuned for more exciting updates and the amazing things to come from the Rodeo Wagon Podcast and Rodeo Life Official. Make sure you go to rodeolifeofficial.com and check out all their sweet merch. Are you searching for that perfect statement? Look no further than bluegrass engraving, where creativity meets craftsmanship. Their specialty lies in creating custom buckles and dip cans, but that's not all. They redefine elegance with an exquisite line of jewelry. And for those who appreciate a little flair, check out their engraved guns collection. At Bluegrass Engraving, they don't just create products, they craft experiences. Visit Bluegrass Engraving today and let them turn your visions into engraved realities. Bluegrass Engraving, where artistry meets authenticity. Hey there folks, I want to tell you about my favorite cowboy hat brand, Sombrero Brands. As a professional bull rider, I know how important it is to have a hat that not only looks good, but can withstand the toughest rides out there, and that's exactly what Sombrero Brands delivers. Their hats are custom fitted and shaped to perfection with a level of attention to detail that's hard to find these days. But what really sets Sombrero brands apart is the fact that they're a family-owned and operated business. Mark and Kendall Holler, the owners, and their daughter Sarah, who's only 13 but already a hat-making prodigy, are all passionate about their craft. They know what it takes to make a cowboy hat that can stand up to anything the rodeo circuit can throw at it. And get this. The founder's grandfather, Polly Holler, was born and raised at South Camp on the Four Sixes Ranch. These folks have got cowboy blood running through their veins, and it shows in every hat they make. That's why I'm proud to have Sombrero Brands as a major sponsor for my podcast, the Rodeo Wagon Podcast. So if you're in the market for a hat that's tough enough to handle anything the rodeo throws at it, give Sombrero Brands a try. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. My children and stuff it's you know like the one thing that I know is if you find what you're passionate about and that you can you know monetize, feel that, be very focused on that one thing you don't need to know five different things in case one fails. you need sure. to really focus on one thing and and even if that doesn't work out the way you thought it would, you'll develop the skills that will that might lead you to something different it'll yeah. open up, doors will open up as you go but but fueling that focus because. Our culture right now with social media and our phone, it wants to take it wants to distract us. You know, sure. we look at on you know, Instagram and we can't pay attention for more than five seconds, sure. But the you know, successful people are able to focus on one thing very intently for a long period of time,
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think what I realized too is once I once you focus on that thing to get you to a certain place that can then open up more opportunities, which is why yeah. I kind of always felt like I gave myself permission to do it because I knew that I might have these other interests and passions in life, but I'm not going to the best and the fastest or the, or the most effective way for me to get to those things is to get really good at this one thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of, that's kind of where I've laid my focus. And that's what, the irony of it is, so I I moved to Nashville, I guess it was, I was there off and on from 2010 on when I was finishing school. And then I moved permanently in 2012. I'm 34 now. Um, And, and ironically had this consistent career up until COVID hit and the pandemic hit and music was dead in the water. Yeah, Especially me who's a touring guy.
0: Yeah, sure. And,
1: and that kind of, it's, this kind of all feeds itself and brings us back to I, I kind of you, you had I had to figure out who I was all of a sudden without this thing that I had just spent the last decade being so intensely focused on De- decade more twenty years I mean from the time you start playing I guess but yeah right um freshly a decade and so I kind of went whoa and and you know this whole time you're you're I'm I'm drumming I'm building my rolodex I'm taking these band leader jobs which kind of means you're helping orchestrate shows and. You're sort of the putting the music together for the for the acts, okay. And um, to put it simply, and uh, I was taking all these gigs. But you also know that music's going through a tumultuous time with streaming and all yeah. the stuff you hear about. And so I knew, thanks to great mentors and my own experiences, that I had to have diverse income streams, and I wanted to have my a lot of irons in the fire because you can't put all your, you know, you can't cash in all on on one card or one chip, whatever you have, you have to kind of diversify that. And so for me, um, I have different ventures and things I've done in music from recording to lessons and things like that. I still love doing those things, but something that I realized over the pandemic was, Hey, maybe this is a chance for me to sort of get back interested in everything, not interested, but to, to actually get involved with everything, uh, Western against to put it simply. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I called up friends that I stayed in touch with and I ended up helping do some marketing for seed stock cattle and they brought me into that world. And next thing you know, over the pandemic, I'm flying to different auctions and helping do the marketing for sales. I decided to move here to DFW because I could get plugged in a little bit more in the, in the Western world here and kind of develop the skills that I had to put a little bit of pause on. Uh-huh. And kind of pick up a hobby again, and kind of just yep. figure out, hey, <laughs> how's this all going to work? And ironically, that's when you know a lot of the PBR was, you know, moving here or or just uh, creating a footprint here. And I got plugged in, and I still do the the cattle. I work for Visit Fort Worth and the Fort Worth. Yeah, bird and I, I was going to about that. I do the cattle
0: drives. How and the did you drives. How did you get into the cattle drives? I I wonder how how long how many times have you done that, or how many times do you do it? I, I
1: mean, I've done more than I can count. I, I mean, I was, full, I was full-time over the pandemic, um, but I was also working as kind of their barn attendant, taking care of a lot of the horses and uh, whatnot at the state police facility. This
0: wild. I can't tell you how many times I have went to the stockyards and, and cattle. I know. You know, the worst so, You know, is when they're I, doing it and you're waiting, you got your gear bag. And they close that gate, you know. When they, I know. I mean, I'm like, I you gotta, gotta kick everyone out. Yeah, I, <laughs> I
1: know. <laughs> I know. I get all the dirty looks. No, no. I I'll <laughs> tell you what, man. So I, I couldn't say enough great things about that gig, and about visit Fort Worth in the herd. So I understand. Like on one level, you're dressed up in the the garb. You kind of look a little hokey. You're in the 1800s. <laughs> you're dressed up like the drover. Like I get it. I, I get it. Say no more. And so you kind of read it at that. And I was like, well, it's a chance to get on a horse again. You know, I can kind of move some cattle around or something or whatnot. And I kind of didn't know what I was getting into. I truly was in the stockyards one day and I walked up to the guys on the horses. I was like, who do I talk to, to do this? I was like, I was bored to tears. Music's dead. I'm living here. I don't know anybody. I'm like, how do I, how do I do this? (laughs) And they were, (laughs) and knowing too, new England kid, you know, I, I was, I, I can ride well. I mean, I, it's not like I don't know, any, yeah, yeah, you know, sure. I I know my enough, Yeah, uh, but I didn't think maybe I'd get hired for it. I didn't, you know, I think they'd look at me twice and go, what the heck drummer, you know, <laughs> what is this? But they did. And I ended up loving it because you see the cattle drives twice a day, every day. And I love doing those. Uh, but take, that's all you see on the surface. What you don't see is that you have the city's resources at your disposal Kristen Jaworski, our, our trail boss, um, some of the other senior staff there, all the way up to Bob Jamison, who's the head of Visit Fort Worth. They give us so much access and many resources and training. And because we are in the stockyards, you know, the best ropers in the world come through, the best, you know, horsemen in the world come through, the best, you know, cowboys, cowgirls, in any in any capacity come through and they have these incredible relationships with many of them and everyone is so willing to generate uh, to to and generous to donate their time and resources to us so here i am getting paid to do the cattle drives twice a day but i might go spend an afternoon working on my horsemanship with you know, Lord knows who, or or this, you know, guys telling me about cattle handling and just recently, like for me, a kid that came from New England, I have never had that access before, let alone get paid to do it. So you see, yeah. you know, the the yeah. cattle drives twice a day, but the guys that grew up on cow calves that I'm working with are telling me, you know, vets there. Here's how you know squeeze shoots, and this is how we you know administer medicine, this and that, and and. Know even more about horsemanship and and roping and and pressure and cattle. And so it's like for me, I can't, I wish I could go be a intern out with Dale and all those guys, but my schedule wouldn't
0: take me.
1: (laughs) But I uh but for me, it's just been this amazing experience of I know how it might look to some people, especially people that have been in that world forever. But the truth is, is there's great people a part of that program, incredible people leading that program. And they they're so generous to us to teach. And I just feel free to come in and say. I don't know anything. Let me learn. Yeah. And when I come off that road, because Nashville tour is different, we're really gone Wednesday through Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. When I come off the road and I get to do that, yeah, it's just the best. Yeah. But they yeah. have a great full-time staff, so I don't always get to go in uh, as much as I like anymore. So I'm actively trying to find more ways to just learn and be involved
0: well, here in DFW
1: or with the PBR or at, whatever. You know?
0: Where you're at right there is, you know, like you're right the best the best you know of the western world when it comes to the sport of rodeo or 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 in general like the the best horsemen in the world best rodeo athletes like that they all go through Fort Worth I mean that is you know the epicenter really of rodeo I mean when you think of how many events go through there I mean it's crazy to think about I mean they have a PBR there every single Thursday now. Every Thursday, right? And I love like <laughs> it's on Sundays. I mean it's they do stuff. Everything he has going. It's yeah, it's
1: like it's great and that's why I wanted to be and, here. And I think that's
0: another thing too, you know, networking in general. Yeah. Net- networking in- you know, uh my have you met Vinny? Not yet. I know of him, but I haven't met him yet. Okay, so he's telling me about Great guy and he comes from, you know, he's from, you know, the ETS. he's from Jersey, New Jersey. Sure. And so he comes from that. But um, he was telling me about, I, forget, I think it was a model. I don't know if she was like part of like Miss USA. Anyway, it was a model and she made it a point to where every single one of those uh, competitions she went to, she networked with somebody because she knew sure. that what she was done, that all that networking was going to benefit her. So she had built up over 10, 12 years A list of of contacts and just networking and you know like as far as you know you and like you know if if you have the opportunity you might as well put yourself in a position where you can network because you never know in life what door may open and and you know you may be in the right place because of that so I think that's just a little a tidbit as well especially because we also get so focused as athletes I'm sure with you and your touring that it almost just like in general, like life just is like, and almost on repeat, like you're, you get stuck in that focus, you know, and it, I think that's important to have that routine, but also to know like, Hey, you know, you got got
1: something going outside of it.
0: I think a lot of athletes, a lot of people, they mature into that, but it's always, you know, if you would have known that sooner, maybe you would have, you know,
1: (laughs) given you a leg up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's, I think it's something you really do have to be intentional about. And that's kind of what i've done we were mitchell who i'm with now and hope to be like i said for uh, as long as i possibly could love that guy uh we were hired the pbr hired us to play world finals i guess two years ago but uh we had weather issues and osha you can't raise a state so we we couldn't end up playing Mm -hmm. but i got to meet finally I, i was like oh my gosh my worlds are colliding i finally got to meet some people with the pbr who have and so kind to of me, just bringing me around and introducing me to folks and, and inviting me to events and, and just making me feel appreciated for, for being such a fan. Yeah. Um, uh, and so that's kind of how it happened for me with all of this. And that's how you see the people I've loosely been connected to. I'm, I'm not, there's nothing I'm trying to go after in, in some yeah, sort yeah. of a specific way, but I know that I love building this network within that community because one day I hope to have some sort of way of being involved, maybe in a professional capacity, uh, you know, in addition to my music, but in a way that makes sense for whoever it is. I don't know if that's going to be stock contracting, who knows, uh, stock (laughs) contracting, you don't know if that's going to be in, you know, marketing, you don't know if it's partnership, like, yeah, you just don't know what, but I, there's already some sort of kinship between music and country music and rodeo and all of that. And, uh, it's just been fun to kind of be, be able to keep a foot in, in each world and kind of create some yeah. handshakes across the line. It's, it just kind of geeks me out. I, if anything else, I'm just having fun uh, getting to explore the world. Of it all, have,
0: so. have you got to meet very many bull riders like in the PBR?
1: I, I have through, through, uh, a few friends that I have in the PBR now. I'm I'm not, I'm certainly not, I don't have any close buddies or anything like that, yeah, yeah, but sure. I've met has been so kind and had some fun nights, uh, you Know at events outside Ooh. of events, I got to meet Andrew Alvedres. Uh, Ooh, through and I, who I, who I just that guy, I'm such a fan of that guy. He just, always be kind of the hardest worker in the room, and I just think the best. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how can, a how can you not know, love it, man? Just complete focus all the time. <laughs> I got to meet him, I've got to meet uh, a number of the guys just on, on the tour, but I, but I, I um. I got to meet Mason Taylor out in Vegas, at the NFR, there's been, there's been a handful. Everyone's just been nothing but Zeke, nothing but kind and, and yeah. polite to me. I don't know how many of them remember me, but I I certainly appreciate what <laughs> they do. And, and uh, yeah. I'm impressed
0: by them. And uh, you know, they just think the world of what they do. You you're torn all the time. I mean, the, the, between, you know, when you take out like the specifics, I think a, a lot of it's probably super similar, you know, and what I think so. I'd, I'd like to
1: think so. I mean, Sure. You have, I think what's interesting, and you can tell me if I'm accurate on this or not, because I haven't walked in your shoes as a bull rider, but it's kind of funny. Everything you do during the week, like, cause I have off days too. I, like I said, I'm not touring for three months and then right. off. I, I have that sort of weekend, the weekend performance routine, right? Yeah. 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 So everything I'm doing during the week at home, whether I'm doing the cattle drives or I'm on the Peloton or whatever I'm doing here, <laughs> it's kind of like something, it's always marinating back here. Like this morning, I was working on set lists for stuff we have this weekend. Uh-huh. And I went to the, you know, I kind of know health is wealth. So like my body as a drummer, I'm a little more physical in some ways than other instruments. So I'm always taking care of that. I'm always kind of trying to treat myself right during the weeks because I know when I go out to the shows on the weekend, one, everything is guided by that performance. So yeah. when you wake up on that show day for me, yeah, not, I'm, not, I'm not nervous. I'm not stressed. But everything I do leading up to that moment is somehow uh, preparing me for that moment. Like, do I get my workout in? Did I get enough sleep in? What did I eat? You know, what am I doing? Okay, are there social engagements that day? Or is there obligations I have that day? How do those fit into the schedule? Is that going to allow me enough time to be ready to do what I have to do here? Did sound check go well? Did we have to overhaul anything to make the show happen? And then it all builds up to that moment you're with your buddies you're all doing this the whole unit comes together the production comes together and then it happens and then better or worse it's over and then there's kind of this release and then it becomes social and there's there's you know like the the nightlife portion of it and then all of a sudden you're rolling down the road and you know rinse and repeat the next day so it's just kind of it's very similar I think in, in that regard at least that's how I see it in my head but you can tell me if that feels at oh, all
0: right. i i think it, it it is i the i think there's some complexities like and i don't know if you face this. like riders, we hit such a high on the weekend generally yeah. there's a couple day period where you go through that blue syndrome where your adrenal glands are just like freaking shot because you just stuck them you know as high as they could probably go on the weekend yeah. so like learning like and then so then it becomes immediately after, you know, that that performance where that's the whole week really is built up to that point. Then it's almost like you have to spend an entire week regaining and try at some point, like because I, I feel like during the season you're traveling so much. So much of it is maintenance. And yeah. if you can, like for athletes, it's progression. Like if I can find a way to get better during this time, that's good. You know, Um but like a lot of it's maintenance physically and stuff, you know, as far as that whole sleep patterns, all that, it's changes. Yeah. If I'm not weight, it, like right now, for instance, okay. I have been eating like 4,200 calories a day. Cause right. I've been hurt. I had, You've had your short right? Your <laughs> rotator. And everything. So yeah, I'm yeah. trying to gain weight. I'm eating a ton right. of weight. Like I'm starting to see it in my face where it's getting a little fatter. And that's good. Cause I need that. Cause I'm trying oh. to put on weight and, but when I go to competing, like, it'll be a whole different schedule. I'll be cut down. My diet will look different, like, during the week. like <laughs> Right. No. Everything so, revolves around around. Every, your but then there's guys. There's guys out there that live by the seat of their pants, and I have no idea how they do it, and nothing, nothing's organized. Is that the thing? Are there guys in your industry that that's the case? Sure. <laughs> so, I mean...
1: I- sure i mean there there are i think again there's an irony because some of them by the way
0: in this sport by the way some of those are the best so i'm not saying that they're not good that's not what i'm saying but listen i think it's
1: to be as fair as i can the answer is yes but i think ultimately end of the day at least for me it's work hard play hard yeah so every bus we get on so to speak every artist has sort of a different culture around them that they get to build like you know there's consistencies through everything but every culture is different so some bands are party bands some bands are everyone just kind of yeah. drinks green tea and goes to bed at the end of the night like what, whatever whatever is and as it grows you know people have different routines. that's it
0: that's exactly the same yep you just said it that is exactly so, so for me
1: i'm a work hard like the, the play hard doesn't feel good to me unless i've earned it like that's not because i'm Holier than now. That's just that's just how I work. I want to work really hard to get all my stuff together so that when I do kick back and play hard, it's because I've earned it. Otherwise, it doesn't work. But at the end of the day, we still have a job to do. So people how they behave, you know, might look a certain way, but there's gotta be some sort of intention behind it all to still be at least a side man in the commercial world that I'm in. Because you have to play nice with others. It's not like you know, make sure you can't just keep, can't keep Richards out. You have like, you have to get along and play nice with others. Cause you stick eight to 12 of us guys on a tour bus on a submarine and send you off. You play on stage for an hour and a half, but you're in close quarters, sleeping, everything, yeah. living life on top of each other. Good days, bad days, not a little too much fun sometimes, you know, it gets crazy. So you you have to be able to, Navigate the social element to this thing as much as you have to navigate the professional playing element of yeah. the thing. So A
0: lot of it for us is choosing our traveling partners. For you, sure. too, like you know, in in your circumstance, like it's not you know if you're if you're taking on different jobs or whatever. Like if if you're in one gig, that's going to be different than two. If you are taking up multiple different jobs, because then like you know, you also have to get along with all of those different people you're working with if you're not used to working with them. So.
1: And you have to read the room, you know, like I said, you can you can be the greatest drummer or guitar player in the world, but if you're not right for that camp, as we kind of refer to the different bands, every camp has its own flavor, its own vibe, so to speak, you <laughs> know, if, if the, it has the puzzle pieces have to fit, and that's something I've kind of done as a band leader, you kind of have to get good at people and figure out, well, we need the player to be able to pull this off authentically, but they have to also gel with the type of guys or you know girls we are on on you know on the bus like it just has to
0: it'll i think it'll become more like that with the team stuff
1: yeah right and that's that's been so fascinating to watch
0: that that element will change right now it's that element is there within the the brazilians they live together but also um like within groups that travel together you know on the weekends You get groups of guys, you know, that are going three or four people. You're basically we're torn too, so we're gonna go with, you know, but with the team concept and then that that you know, that that matters especially too when you consider okay, like you're talking about, like you're gonna have injuries, then you have fill in spots. Like who are they gonna have fill in? You know that kind of
1: fill in. What role do they kind of play with dynamics of the team? You don't want somebody
0: to come in that like doesn't get along with people. Then it's like, man, whatever limited rule they're about to play it ain't going to be good.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, does it doesn't pan out. It's been fun, though, as a fan, I'll tell you. I know, obviously, growing pains and opinions and things, but as a fan, it's been something uh, really fun to to witness the development of the teams.
0: It's unique. Uh, just
1: in terms of also seeing just the, this, the guys on each team riding to see you know, a vet or multi-time, you know, world champ with a guy that it's his first couple of years, you know, with his car or like whatever in the, in the, you know, in the touring pros and whatever get drafted, come up. And I, it's just neat. It's just neat to see the dynamic range of all of it and see how those guys come together. And from uh, being a fan as, of the sport, it's, it's been really fun to witness all of that. And, and uh, it's exciting. So
0: I, it's I'm, fun to I'm watch in and, agreement, uh, especially like me, I come from a sports background. You probably, definitely did being on the east coast because so that's intriguing as well so me and you seemed to you know uh sports were probably yeah. really big in kind of that area but you go out west there's college football and that's about it i don't know there's yeah, other no football, i mean but we're really in on the east coast it's even bigger like
1: it's a yeah huge i play sports sport. every season and and i know like a lot of people this one time at band camp right a lot not, a, yeah. <laughs> not everyone thinks of musicians is being like that but i think that's why i mean i I, touring has felt pretty easy to me because i'm I'm pretty good at being on a team i have baseball football a little bit of soccer um tennis golf i skied competitively like i've just been i've just been involved with team sports my whole life life, and so that part of it came a little bit natural to me but you're you're right it's i can definitely relate through that um
0: i think a lot of a lot of bull riders don't. It's, it's that's been one of the biggest shockers to me is how many rodeo individuals have nothing to do with anything outside of rodeo. Right. <laughs> like, it, I know guys who you know their this is their life. This is their dream. They ride bulls, and then they go to the sale barn and they work all day. And yeah. that is life at its best. Like they don't want anything. They don't want Amen. anything more than that they don't want anything more than that. Well, they have, that have they have the land. It's awesome. They can go hunting. <laughs> they can ride their horse all day. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm trying to figure that out one day. I, I kind of want
1: that balance I got a little more work to do, but I'm working towards it myself in a way,
0: <laughs> but
1: I, I get it. I get it. I, but I know I'm not taking anything away from those guys that, that truly have lived that way their whole lives. It's, it is the dream. And, and, and I think people get hung up on, whether it's music or bull riding, like I, when you're getting into it, I imagine people put fame or notoriety or something on this pedestal. And I, and I know that that's what comes with being excellent at something is, is it being recognized for it, hopefully in the right ways. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, you have to want it because it's something you're passionate about and truly brings you happiness. And I think that whether you're a bull rider, whether you're a musician whether you're, uh, a paramedic or you're, you know, a, a real estate agent, if you're lucky enough to do something in life or pursue, maybe not even get to do it, but if you're lucky enough to have the opportunity to pursue a passion and get paid for it, or, or one day hope to be paid for it, that's a blessing in itself, not to sound like a Hallmark card, but I mean that, that really at the end of the day, and, uh, that's something I've been focusing a lot on in the last few years. You know, you're always sort of chasing the marquee when you first start and then you realize, no, it's, it's the process, it's the craft. And uh, it's the people you do it with that I think at the end of the day really speaks a a lot, uh, speaks the most, uh, I think. And if you're lucky enough to be able to pursue that, I mean, you got it
0: I think you have to fall in love with the process because that's really at Definitely. the end of the day it's going you the majority of your time is going to be spent in that and yep. you know i know there's some people that may be like like what that process affords them like or whatever that that's the ultimate goal and they're willing to do anything and i think that's that's fine too but i think holistically you're going to be happier in life overall if you can find something where the process is something you really enjoy and then Absolutely. you know then you go off of that and then that, that'll open the doors for whatever, you know, but, like, you know, I think that you'll just enjoy life better. My sister, you know, her, her, she, she enjoys the process of school being a teacher, you know, and having yeah. the process of every day awesome. having a relationship with students. Right. Boom. Mm-hmm. You're going to live. You're going to be happier doing that. than if you found something that like, OK, I don't like what it's going to take to get here, but I'm willing to do it because of the money, you're going to be less satisfied. A hundred percent. I, um, to that point, I you used to,
1: like I said, chasing the marquee or I, it feels so ridiculous to say it and admit it out loud at this point, but I used to think, or at least I used to feel like some way, if I did this, if I accomplish this, then I will have this baseline level of happiness that will just carry me through the rest of my days. Mm. Like that will be, if I can just get myself to that, at least that tier it might not be this tier, but if I can get myself to this tier, at least I'll be afforded this sense of accomplishment and this happiness that will somehow carry me through. I just want to get there. <laughs> and then you get there and you realize you want the next thing. Not, not in a bad way, not, not in a greedy way, but you you play, yeah, you I know, have yet to play Madison Square Garden, but one day, but you play a big venue like that or, or you do something epic or you or the younger version of you would have perceived as making it and you do it and then you wake up the next morning and you're like, okay well, amazing, thrilled, happy. You've all, all the right affirmations and validations. I'm not taking anything away from accomplishing something you work hard for, but it doesn't sustain, like it happens. And then you're on to the next thing. So what really matters? It's the relationships in your life. It's the people it's, it's all the other stuff that you have to build to support this one thing you've been working on. And I think that's,
0: that's honestly, that's that's, that, you, just <laughs> I mean, said, you know what I mean? That was the point. So the point in my life where I I actually really, really started owning my faith in Jesus Christ and really like understanding, you know, purpose and my life turned around was in 2017 when I competed at the um, the ATT Stadium and it was my first UTB event. Actually, at the time of the Build For Tough series. And so it was, yep. a, it was, was my. First major I think that maybe with the first year they do it did it at um AT and T and there was like it was sold out. There was like seventy thousand people. It was a major deal and I had finally reached that point that I had trained for sure that long. And it wasn't what I thought it would be. And it was such a let a letdown, like it really tore me up. And yeah. it was an experience where I felt like, you know, God was saying, Hey, I want to use you but you cannot continue to go down this road and you're not going to find fulfillment in what you thought you were going to find fulfillment in. And heavy. I mean, that's like a, it's, you know, the real thing. And then you start realizing like, okay, the reality is is that we serve a much greater purpose than these, you know, things that, you know, we're, you know, chasing. So doing. yeah, I think
1: that's, I, I couldn't agree more. I think the, you start to find again the process but you find the meaning in the ripple effect of it all you know and
0: on the on the on the back end of that though okay so on the front end of that like okay that sucks in because then you're saying that if i reach this that i won't find satisfaction out of it and fulfillment that's not true what is true is if you find purpose in what you're actually have purpose in as being a an image of god and you know Reflecting that image in our relationships and in it. All of a sudden, you actually find a enjoyment and an accomplishment from from succeeding in that area. You'll find fulfillment that is sustainable because it's within the proper context. Your whole life doesn't purpose isn't around that. But, you know, Then you're yeah. like, okay, you know, my purpose. Th- then if you, you, when you get to those circumstances, maybe you drop the ball and fail. You know, maybe sure. you fail on that big sure. stage. Then yep. you even enjoy that and that process more. So, sure. I think you are right, and I think that's what most people don't know. It's like once you do reach to that point, it's not quite what it seems. <laughs> not, but it doesn't mean. But to your point, it doesn't mean that there's no. you know you just don't realize you're
1: going to find the the redemption or the meaning of it in a different part of that process, a different part of that experience. It's not in that, look what I did part of it or look what you did to yourself part of it. It's, it's the people it's the, it's the, the way you frame that in a different way for others and and the purpose in that. I think.
0: Another thing for for me with my kids, you know, I going back to that is just because it's kind of causing me to reflect on like, you know, being a father makes me reflect on, okay, what am I doing? Because people are seeing this and, So like with me choosing to have kids while I ride, some, some people choose to um, you know, wait until they're done riding to have kids. And sure. um I chose to because I knew the struggles in which I face to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And yeah. I want my children to be able to see that. So, you sure. know, at the end of the day, like, you know, I can't really just quit, you know. Like I need to sure. I need to in a beautiful way. That's amazing. I need to you know, follow through with what I want to and want to accomplish. And I want that to be a, you know, opportunity to be able to teach my children, you know, in the same capacity. So, you know, I think that the big thing for kids coming up is preparing them for, Hey, you, you, your purpose here in this world is much greater than, you know, your accomplishments or, you know, what you do, like you're worth more than, you know, your failures and your successes, you know, as far Mm -hmm. as worldly stuff. So, you know enjoy the process Insight. enjoy the process because you know there, it, it changes too and you'll you'll find that there's different processes in life that you know you fall in love with as you go
1: sure yeah so, definitely i i couldn't agree more i could we could talk about that for a whole nother podcast yeah, no, for sure yeah. you're so correct about that yeah i'm just enjoying the same with me the process of every show every week no matter what it is or who it's for and let that carry deep on every level you know it's it's just awesome
0: well you know maybe next time like when i'm you know coming through or something we cross paths we can do one in the in the rodeo wagon
1: but just do it man let's do it I, I, I just appreciate you wanting to take time to talk to a drummer who's interested in it's your like... world and everything There's western no... sports and western There's lifestyle no more
0: there's so much more we can talk about and get into i i i love it and i'm all about like learning about all of these different careers and passions that people have and how similar like there's similarities in 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 all of it you know especially totally. when you get into a professional level um it's kind of cool and you know you get into actually it's just, i never thought i'd be having a podcast with a guy that you know was part of the band, you know, performing at, you know, uh, yeah, right. Like that's just cracking right. up. Well, let, alone, life... let alone that that same individual would be the same person pushing the freaking, um, yeah, you know, the steer that the freaking uh <laughs> yeah. at yeah. Fort Worth. Yeah,
1: Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, the run thrown over. up into people on the on the side of the street is the goal. Yeah.
0: That's, uh, <laughs> That was the wildest thing. Like I was talking to Kenny. I think you talked to him and and he was telling me about that. And I was just like, wait a minute. What?
1: (laughs) It's Hey, I just any, anything I can get into during the week. That's going to feed that beast for me. I'm all about it. So if anyone out there, if you need any help or, feel like taking someone <laughs> under your wing let me know i just want to learn and be a part of it that's all
0: <laughs> that's awesome well heck yeah well we'll definitely do it again sometime and it's been awesome having you what are your social media handles like where can people follow you
1: yeah i think pretty much on everything i i will say i'm on everything i really work mainly through instagram but it's just at jimmy elcock my last name jimmy j-i-m-m-y last name elcock e-l-c-o-c-k believe it or not my real last name uh you can find me uh you can find me there um and just message me I, I love to be an open book and connect and, and whatnot so feel free to reach out anybody music whatever whatever it is life always happy to connect
0: yeah no it's cool it was awesome getting to talk to you and i look forward to doing it again and uh you know getting to meet you sometime because that would be cool
1: definitely you have to come out to a show buddy
0: yeah yeah no for sure yeah that's yeah i definitely will so we'll <laughs> stay in touch yeah. so for sure Perfect. Perfect. All right, sounds good. I uh, really, really
1: appreciate the time. I hope you have a great rest of the week. Keep in touch, and anybody who's listening, truly, thank you for tuning in and letting me be a part of a uh, part of this experience. It's
0: awesome. Thank you. Yeah. See you guys later.